Welcome back to another episode of the Stubbnauts Podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 40,000. My name's Eric, with me is my co-host Robert. Hi. And we are back. Uh, we are our first official episode in the age of 10th edition. Uh, we actually got a game of 10th edition with all the bells and tree trimmings in greater detail. But uh, first, I'm just going to address something. Um, it's been a very active and podcast influence. Um, take our response of competitive play uh, very seriously. So although um, it may improve our click rate, be bombastic with crazy hot, um, we're also fans of the game. And we also take our responsibility. So I don't know about you, Robert, but uh, this past podcast that I've been long time of and have decided, I think I'm done. And it's because of the amount of negative about this change from ninth. Well, I think I beat you beat you to that punch like a year ago because I effectively stopped listening to most other podcasts because of the fact that it was the same old drudge of, well, this army is winning this way. This is how you beat this army, blah, 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 blah or negative things about the how the game needs to be fixed and these things are broken and what was better. It was just, we're here to play a game of plastic army men. Some of them are big, some of them are small, a lot of them are spiky, and the negativity doesn't really need to exist. Sure, if we love the game, we have the right to complain about it. And us complaining about it proves that we really, really enjoy this hobby and we want it to be good. But you can't always have a perfect hobby. Like in our game, the we found a, an easy little workaround for what is one of the problem, problem children of the edition so far by what the internet says. And that's the towering keyword. Um, guess what? First floor line of sight blocking buildings still work to not let you be seen and shot by knights from across. The yeah, it's a simple fix. And it's also a simple, let's give it a try, um, is probably the other. Um, I think the other part I had a really is I would consider myself a good player. I'm definitely not as good as I lost. So, yes, I am not. Um, and I, the WC team has not called me. And that being said, I've been playing the game for a long time. And every day this week, I my index, an uh, army that I've been playing, tail and the twilight days of. And every day this week, I still learned or did not had to unlearn something because I was reading it wrong. I was, and that's just with one arm. So if you're listening to another podcast that says, we figured it out and these are armies that are broken and we've read every index... Not, I don't, um, literally heard, saw a post earlier this week. It says like, I can't wait to get my first edition, the first game of the new final. How do you mm -hmm. know it's that bad? So, um, here's my, here's the only advice I can try the game. If you don't like it, we live in a golden age where there are games to games workshop and, um, take advantage of it. And it may not be, I know just to call myself out as a hypocrite. Yeah. I spouted off a few episode battles and it was by far one of the episodes got us, um, feedback but i quit the game but that was i know it was only about a 40 second rant that was pretty hilarious but uh that was based off i played five and across multiple tournament gaming so i gave it a never got better doesn't mean if you enjoy the game go for it there are people that enjoy a fellow enjoy yourself time time is very short i learned that very hard so if you if you find something that do it but if it's not enjoying anything else and stop anyway those mm -hmm. of you who stayed to listen to the show I think we've got a lot to talk about to help. And uh, this is our 270. Many of you guys have been around for the ride. We thank you. And that was stride for a special new host like Robert. There's a response show. So here we are. Yeah, I've <clears throat> I've only ever really experienced an edition chain like this right now. I'm going from 8th to ninth edition. Didn't feel too going. 
I wasn't around. I wasn't playing when seventh to eighth edition happened. And I'm quickly realizing that if I was playing from seventh edition to now, oh, I would be extremely mad and extremely salty about some of these rules changes because I've had to relearn like two or three times. And that's perfectly fine to have your opinion about it. Just don't go ruining the other experience for other people that are brand new to this and they've never experienced two or three different editions and let them enjoy it. Because I know there's a bunch of people that I've played where it's like, oh yeah, I know my first game of ninth edition was a month ago. Well, good thing you're not going to have to hold on to any of this information because it's about to go away. <laughs> it is something you're know, learning based on things that 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 rule is now not there anymore. So there's it's not an FAQ, some cross outs from an edition change to uh, mm-hmm. the other thing. Uh... Yeah, it's it always goes to the same mantra that is very much a joke. Gamers hate two things the most. That's change and things staying the same. So it's <clears throat> it was very much a, well, how is the game going to change? Well, blah, 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 blah. Oh, okay. I don't like it. Well, you asked for this. Yeah, but I don't like it. <laughs> so overall, um, and also the other thing to kind of keep in mind too, which is sometimes... Um, I had to remind myself of this is the index codex codexes haven't come out yet a couple mm-hmm. options still to come and uh, that's one of the things i sort of experience keep it on the back burner because i now have one legit figured out based on the rumors so get a couple more games what happened? i get a, a feel for it um i haven't spoken to a few other fellow 10 um uh, gotten as many as 30 and things that's gotten the depth start to appreciate that well it didn't creep up in my first game didn't creep up in my fifth game but then when you get 30 your belt it comes up enough to, uh, battle shock jit around, um, which is interesting to hear that because I had a very interesting experience and I'm a little torn about it on Saturday. Yeah, that one, we, we can actually just start out there. That's a really good nail to go off of because the morale phase from 8th edition to 9th edition to now has been different every single time because 8th edition, if you brought big blobs of units, you were just asking to get morale off the table. In 9th edition, the... Morale didn't matter because it was attrition tests and eventually armies started ignoring attrition tests. And also it just became an extremely lethal addition of, well, I look at that unit, it's dead. I look at this unit, it's basically dead. Now it's a, well, units still die off the table, but having a unit go, oh, I don't hold this objective right now. Uh Oh, that's going to be the biggest oopsies that people are going to catch and have to go back and fix their scores because the mission that we had wasn't super helpful for it because we only scored off of a single objective all game, but it was still yeah. just, uh, well, this situation's bad. Yeah, I like one of the biggest changes too is it went from morale in general back to kind of a lose, lose more. So, okay, I lost models, and now at the end of the turn, I may lose more models, something will happen, you know, so that, but the key thing with every edition common before that was if I pass this test, I, the bleeding has stopped. Mm-hmm. And um, and then you didn't have to worry about it. especially when you look at ninth edition. If I had a 10-man unit and I lose six models, good. Um, and then I roll, but then the army's fine. And then you're back down to the, so now I'm down like the chances that enough models, all of a sudden they became, they became fearless. Um, mm-hmm. That's not the case anymore. And especially in those days when, well, there's only three models left, but good, good news, you're going to kill them. Or I'm going to take this objective because they're objectives. Now, even if I have a six objective, that's wipe out. So I have, more importantly, I'm still below half. I'm going to have to test again every 
command. I'm like, oh, that's new and different. So that got really fast. <laughs> and all of a sudden realizing that when it's, okay, command phase happened, uh, counting up my model, oh, I need to hold some objectives. I only, you know, I have five models on the five effective. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I want to really want to be like one of those, every other podcast we just talked about, you want to change something. I think they need to go back to making bravery or it felt like there was no consequence for failing battle shock. Cause I just kept spending into bravery. Oh crap. I don't want to. Yeah. And they're <clears throat> having Drukari against Knights. I'm sitting here never having to worry about taking battle shock because I'm a unit of a single model until I'm down to less than half wound or however the rule actually works for units of one. Yeah. Cause the, the exception is when I had Lilith in, in my dread range. All right, cool. You take a battle shock test in your command phase. You take another battle shock test here. And I could force you to keep rolling dice more and more often because Lilith had lost a single wound. And I could also do that for your Archon. I could do that for Urian, but Urian being Frankenstein that he is just ooga booga booga and had to get stomped on by my knight desecrator just to only lose the game by eight points. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, very tight game. Uh, uh, it was such a tight game. You know, don't they always say you learn more from a loss? It didn't feel like, a, I mean, it basically felt, uh, I'm going to, ha- I, I, I pulled off a uh, pretty good, I was going to say gambit, play a gambit. I played it um, and hung on. It's really annoying. I, I basically, I didn't win. I didn't there. But uh, yeah. yeah, managing battle shock was a was a big issue. Um, specifically, as I, I had a, I was focusing on stellar. So as it, taking damage, it wasn't so much. Oh my gosh, I'm now not controlling enough objectives. Can I rely on this unit to do any? Oh, mm-hmm. rough. They're never going to be out of battle shock. I'm going to have to keep testing things. Yeah, and the the version of knights that I brought is definitely more of the. Hey, let's go have fun with all the big toys that I painted that I put on the shelf because they weren't the competitive roster. And I learned very quickly that it hurts. It still hurts the same when you watch a big knight get toppled over in literally one and a half turns as your Talos happily cheered as their haywire guns melted my rampage yeah that was a bit much um that, that is something i know a lot of players are, are up in arm binding and the anti-ability with devs yeah it's pretty potent but um it's not as prevalent i think yeah uh the <laughs> that was pretty amazing to watch because i have not three editions i think i and both imperial and so it was one of those my army never had a really good match um I think the only time I actually had a chance was LVO was at 2018 when Iron Hand, uh, and that's, it was funny. So I brought this army and it was designed specifically against Iron Hands. So I was like, oh, it'll probably do well against Knights too. And sure enough, it's Iron Hands. So I was like, okay. But uh, yeah, so when you have the tools, you can kill Knights. And, mm-hmm. uh, but my anti infantry dismal, you know, in that matchup. I was like, you joked about Lila. 20 attacks, I think she cost. Yeah, it was, it was clearly a, after turn two, when I took away all of your dark lances and basically all of your talos it was very much a i just now have to put enough pressure in order to try and win this game but because i got the tactical deck and on that second turn i had positioned myself to get the um hurt like the the satisfying shots off to put me in a winning position it actually made me lose the game because i lost out on engage in all front i lost out on my other secondary which put me 
like five points even farther behind. And also that first turn, I literally did what? Pick up a bike unit, pick up a boat, and hurt a single Talos? Yeah, I was shocked. Put out the terrain. We're going to the bottom floor. If Robert gets... My whole strategy was, how do I politely ask about knowing that they're shot up? And I was like, okay. It's not the ridiculously high volume of fire. He did take off some... I learned from that, and I went back. I am a moron. Stakes I did. Deployment. Strategic reserves. Five units that natively deep strike do not are not in strategic reserve. Theoretically, I had another 500 points to put in reserve. So mm-hmm. what I should have done is put my second rabbit hanging out in the breeze. Got killed before it did anything. Put that. In. And then after you moved up, like I said, a very aggressive stance. Do the new strategy. Rapid ingress. Rabbit egress. Yeah. Ingress. And then plop it down. Okay. <laughs> Here you go. You got three dark lan- three. That'd be three additional dark lances you didn't. So that would have been made so much more. Because yeah, the the overall feeling of the game was it f- because we got the ritual and the ritual gave me a humongous favor because we only had to fight over one objective and knights are really good at fighting over one objective. Because you put a unit there, I put a big knight there. It's going to take you another two units to even consider knocking over this knight. And I knew your tools were the Talos and the Kronos. Like, I'm pretty sure if the Kronos had gotten into my Rampager, I would have been terrified of whatever kind of melee profile that thing had. Because I know that's the punchy version. The Kronos, no, the Kronos is the one that kept recycling pain tokens, which I was I was rolling pretty hot on. Um, but yes, the Talos, if they got into that as well, uh, could have been really nasty. And that was, yeah, they were kind of the lynch. That's one thing. The ninth, oh, anything involved taking the center? Yeah, my army. Yeah. And the... The other thing about this mission that it took us, what, three times of reading the mission to understand exactly how it's supposed to happen is we could have potentially generated extra objectives, but both of us were positioned in such a way that it was better for us to try and shoot at each other and fight over the middle rather than give up shooting to make another objective. And I'll be honest with you, I still don't know if that was the right choice. I'm, is it better to spend some units that have called sacrifice your shooting and charging? to plant another one but it was as you found out you're like uh, misread it as well and i really felt bad about that because that really put that uh war dog in a really bad i was going to do the same thing had those bikes lift <laughs> that's exactly why i put mm-hmm. them there yeah so for those of you that are listening that haven't played the ritual yet the it, it first eradicates the extra objectives in no man's land which is huge it goes from being a five objective mission possibly a six six objective mission to being three like it is crazy change i thought it was going to be another like here's the relic kind of mission fight over a single objective <laughs> but no you still have your two home objectives which plays into secondaries like um extend battle lines and other stuff like that but you could select a unit in your movement phase to forego it's shooting and it's charging it can still make a normal move um to spawn an objective marker exactly nine inches away from another objective marker but not within six inches of any other objective so you can have this mission if both players choose to do so spawn objectives in no man's land to the point of having five objectives in no man's land and the two objectives in your home deployment zones don't matter unless you're secondary specifically safe. So one of the reasons that we had such a low score is there's only one objective for primary. So, okay, hold. <laughs> there's only one. So it's like, okay. And that's why I keep debating. Would, would it have made spawn a second one? 
I don't know position-wise. So, yeah, if you look at our box doing, because the score was so low, but if you watch the game, it was very kind of what we've been talking about in ninth edition. Does it make sense to play defensive rather than building an army? Because if you don't, someone else will. Here's an army that or we're going to go in. I'm going to point 50 to 20, 50. Like if I had read the mission right the first time, the position that my abominant was in was actually perfect because he his base is seven and a half inches wide. So I could use that as a gauge for like, okay, I have to spawn it exactly nine inches away from this other objective. So I could have my abominant stand in the zone between these two objectives. So now, whether or not you came through the building to fight over the center objective, or you tried to get onto this new one that I made, well, there's now a knight there. A character knight. And that character knight could then heroic into whichever unit that he needed to go into, given you weren't on the other side of the objective mark. Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in cardboard cases they're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament you can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out they're sturdy the boxes help protect your models and if you when you order they come fast the order is right and for a better price than the other guy so go to krcases.com and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminatus podcast. Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro Nom 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 to replace your average pizza decided to come out with a, another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from RedDukeGames.com and it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon summon a space bug who knows either way it's going to be a very very wonderful time and we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll perils of the warp or you roll a natural one on your persuasion check if you decide to play in so if you're looking for fanciful drinks go ahead and grab the lovecraft cocktails by the madmen at reddukegames.com, the makers of the Necro Nom Nom. Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook. It's very interesting, and it's something where, you know, I'm just flipping through the cards, and there's a couple of them that are, there's one with Servo, Skull, Jack, you tried that in the deployment zone. That's, so, yeah, I think that's going to be by far my main focus, learning these missions. Um, I was focused on deck, another holdover from ninth strength of your faction. Um, we're all playing the same soccer. Um, if you're good at them, great. I haven't... Here's a question for you, Robert. How do you feel about the fixed ones? Because so far we've been playing all tapped. Is that the way to go or is it back? Well, it really depends on how you want to build your list. Like the the list that I had for 
those of you at home, here's the entire thing. A Knight Rampager, a Knight Abominant, a Knight Desecrator, three Brigands, and two X. This list is very much a, I have my firing base and my two very large distraction Carnifexes. That if you don't deal with these things, then they're going to walk through your army while you're trying to kill off my shooting base. So on, in all realism, I could potentially sit there and pick something like um, extend battle lines or something like that, where it requires me to just hold an objective or two and also engage on all fronts or something. Because I'm already expanding across the table to get firing arcs. Why don't I just get points for that? But being able to play with a full tactical deck also lets you as a player have the ability to change your thought process for what your army needs to do. And if it's worth it to chase after those points that because on turn two, I had um, extend battle lines and engage in all fronts. I was legitimately standing on no objectives and I was straddling table corners at the end of my movement phase because I figured that if I put enough pressure on you, I could get the points back later which was almost true. For me, uh, what I did is I took all the six deck. Do I have to kill something? Do I have to stand somewhere? And is it downfield or up? So basically downfield is it close to my deployment zone or I have to go after it? So for example, assassin killing up, I have to kill something specific. So Robert can do a good job of hiding that. Oh, you, you drew assassins? <laughs> Caratech did. Whereas um, bring it down, well, everything. In so I figured mm -hmm. there were actually, there were actually more stand someplace uh, and there are kill'ems, so my army is definitely occupying space as opposed to killing. But I have enough weapon, be a threat, and then hopefully out force the opponent to be like, "Well, I I can't." Beat my army. Mm -hmm. A quick version of the army list: uh, I've got an archon, Cabalite warriors, and a raider with dark lance. I have a second uh, raider with a dark with Lilith and a squad of ten witches. I have a list is three jet bikes armed with caltrops, which had no use in this game because. The flyby attack does not affect vehicles. Crap. Uh, to add to that theme, I also threw in a, an ally unit of yeah four Skyweed Harlequin jet bikes, and those are with Haywire Cannon and Zephyr. They also have the flyover attack as well. I have two Ravagers with three Dark Leech. Two Talos, uh, a unit of two Talos, a unit of one Talos. I just ran out of points. With Haywire Cannons, a Talos Gauntlet, and an Ikor Injector. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. The other one, the Liquid Fire. Yeah, in case I needed to overwatch something like a tank with a strength uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey hey you did like four wounds with yeah, that over time um the unit of mandrakes which another unit i screwed up with during the show oh, and then urian with a unit of five racks and everyone's like why didn't you take 10 racks and b the only reason urian's there as opposed to a regular homocula is urian has talos and chrono stays nearby and that was a game that was winner for me robert Brought one of my Talos down. One now is the yep. other heal him back. Mm -hmm. I was mad about it. Yeah, so that was that was the core <laughs> of the list. So the Talos um, are meant to push forward. If it's more of an infantry threat base in there, we can fight without the token. So that's pretty handy. And everything bikes getting down uh, either back uh, no man's land objective. Is this the best list you could? No, I have no idea. It's my first. So, but it is a marketed very different army than what I uh, assault base. No Jazar. No incubi. Um, so I'm still trying to figure it out. I uh, hit, but um, yeah, so one mistake I made with the Mandrake. Two things, actually. The um, ninth edition, they went into reserve during end of my move. They don't, at the end of Robert. Oh, whoops. So turn one, they stood around, missed the opportunity. And number two, they can do that, um, unlike ninth edition, where it was once per game, they could do that as many times as. So yeah, they played. Yeah, the, the fact that your Mandrakes literally went. 
on the back objective and I'm just because it was it was very much overkill for me to put my desecrator back into a five man unit of mandrakes. Although, although you did roll a lot of five up involves, that was funny. The the overall idea of this game was we're trying to literally fight each other and we didn't care about objectives because we were only worried about getting the game to a point where we can start understanding it. Um, I <laughs> on my, in my next game against you, Eric, I will most likely be picking fixed secondaries to see if it lets me, if it allows me to play any, because okay. I only have to worry about doing two things rather than having to change. Yeah. It's interesting. You bring that up because we talked a little bit in our, in a post game analysis, had I just taken, oh, it's knights, take bring it, bring them down. I we, got, we were trying to figure the twenty. Oh yeah, no, it was because in total you killed the abominant, you killed the rampager, you took down two brigands. Oh no, you took down all of my brigands because I only had three models left on the table. So that was as I'm reading the card right here. Each brigand is three points, so you got nine points just off of them. And then you got five points off of each knight, off of each big knight. So it was five for my Rampager, five for the Abominant, and then a total of nine off of the three brigands that you took down. So you got 19 out of 20 points. So maybe that would have been smarter play, but then I'm going to cry. Hmm. So Storm the Hot, like Storm the Hostile exe- um, Objective, I believe that was the, because we only had one objective. So I was like, well, that's where he is. Make sure I kill everything on that objective. Successful there for five points because I think that was because it was the center objective. Uh, cleanse was what Mandrix did. They took his home objective. Not only did I get three points for that, but your desecrator points had to turn around. A lot less pressure center. Mm-hmm. Extend battle lines. I got five points for that. I think that was Zard there. That was like I flew the, the the one reaver bike jet that still had a heat lance left. Flew up, killed one of your armagers, and then fade and fired back onto. Yeah, that was there. I was like, oh my, that one. But then I'm like, what yeah. would have been my other second one? I don't know. Yeah, this. like the the overall feeling that I have for knights right now with how I play them right now. I would almost want to take engage in all fronts and storm hostile objective. Cause like I said, I'm going to be all over the table anyway, and I'm good at pushing things off of objectives with night. So yeah, as long as I'm standing in table corners and I push you off of objectives, that's probably going to be an easy, like 15 points at least. By the way, quick shout out. Um, this game would not be possible without Goonham, the, uh, their app. Oh my god, without the uh, Tabletop Battles app. Yeah, I had lost track of my little fancy dry erase board. So I was like, ah, well, shoot. I'm having to keep track of all of this in my head, and so far this is not working out very well. <laughs> Did you ever find it? Nope, but I'm looking through my bag again. Oh, man. Oh, yep, I found it. It was in my Leviathan rulebook. I'll bet it. Eh, I could always make another one. But I will say this, the the demo that I did do right before our game for someone else, I was using the Tyranids and the person I was demoing for was running Admech. The going second against Admechs almost triggered me to be like, well, here goes my army. Really? This, I, is, this is Admech we're talking about, right? The, the, most, the second only to Death, Death Guard is the worst army. Well, that's what I was getting at. The The memories of the incredibly powerful shooting of Admech that was 9th edition. I lost three Termagants on his first turn. That's it. Now, I did take some mortal wounds on the Psychophage. Um, 
from the radiation pit because I was like, I'm a mindless horde. I'm not going to take cover against this. I'm just going to eat. You. The poor guy couldn't roll a three to save his life. <laughs> so, yes. Um, but overall, the this game feels just very different. I Half of the armies that I would expect to blow me off the table in their first shooting phase, if I'm not careful, I, I think I can literally not worry about them as much anymore. Like, I mean, Space Marines with their Oath of Moment thing, obviously the Oath of Moment is the scary thing because it's re-rolling stuff. But overall, you know what the AP on all the Admech stuff was? Like, zero or one, maybe two, because I was in my deployment zone because of their imperative. Yeah, I I was feeling pretty good about this edition because stuff is more durable effectively now devastating wounds kind of turns that on its head because stuff kind of falls apart at that point <laughs> but no it's i have a good feeling about this edition it feels like there will be actually a lot more play because cover is going to exist for everything and if you play the tactical deck then you're gonna to have to change your game plan you're not gonna always be able to chase down what you want because i know for me if my knights could literally just sit there and table people in two turns, you better believe I'm going to try and table people in two turns so that way I can just play the secondary game and not have to worry about losing my models. But it's better for the game if I don't do that. No, it's a, I mean, anything. You don't want anything point and click. But um, you mentioned the cover in the terrain. That would rise. That mm -hmm. Yeah. The, uh, there was a lot of times where we had to catch ourselves who were going, you're in cover, but you already have a three plus save. <laughs> not too often with my type of army. But yeah, there was a couple times you had to catch yourselves, but also like, Huh. All right. Cool. Um, the only time it didn't matter is when my desk creator shot at thing. Yeah. Well, but I mean, when you're shooting at stuff with like an AP four gun, <laughs> it just felt weird because it was something where there was a couple times the holy within that game as well. And it was this interesting because when I first read the terrain tool rules at first, I was like, I want stuff to say it actually worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the the entire thing of everything can get cover at some point is huge because it makes it so that way. I'm not sitting here as a night player going, well, I have to live or die by my invulnerable save because I'm never going to get cover. Well, whoop-de-diddly-doo, I will get cover, but it's only going to matter when I'm being shot at things with like AP two or three anyway. So it's, it's definitely, uh, as long as us as the players continue giving the game a chance to work out its own bugs for the community to go, yeah, we need jerked about towering. We need jerked about this. We need your. We need jerked about this. I, all of the all the current issues that are potentially issues. Sometimes those will just work themselves out because people will find ways to deal with them, or the community will go. Um, all of these buildings, even though they have windows, they don't have windows. Guess what? Towering is no longer an issue because I can't see you, and you can't see me. Yeah, the old Linus, so that was, that was kind of funny that was still... Do you know how good it's going to feel for me to walk behind a building and go, ha-ha, I can't see you. That means you can't see me. Until you pop out from behind a building and go, here's 14 dark glances. Well, so, I mean, that's one thing. Having deck is out in terms of, or at least up not, see there are coming in what tournaments should look like. When talk mm -hmm. of brain layout that, at least by the U.S. Open. So as far as I know, the, the layout, that, which is taking a little bit of grain of salt, I, I probably have to play on it. And um, my biggest concern there is it's it's all right. Yeah, I know for me attending the Rage GT this weekend, I did have it confirmed that we are using 10th edition. But the one change, the, the changes that they are doing are things like the blocking 
of windows on buildings. So you can't see through that kind of deal. And okay, this is their event. I'm not going to judge them for that because overall it'll be a good environment for everyone because nights won't be a problem as much as they might be. And also in general, it's the first week of 10th edition officially being out and people being able to actually play at events there's going to be hiccups we will live everything will be okay <laughs> but yeah otherwise i <laughs> my only issue i think is in fact the um some of the missions do need to be not used for healthy competitive play like the ritual no <laughs> the ritual is not a very good mission for for competitive play unless you Unless everyone already knows how to play it. Because <laughs> three objectives is not good. Not good at all. <laughs> the re-look at that mission and kind of see what was. And yep. As long as we never see the relic ever, ever again. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's a relic of the past, so it's all fine. <laughs> yes, you all can hunt me down later for my terrible, terrible puns. So it'll be interesting, yeah, as we top um, events for next. How far, you know, are they playing 10th? What change? Mm -hmm. And I will absolutely be sure to attempt regular event updates while I'm out there at the Rage GT over this next week. Because, yeah, I think I'm going to be a little more preoccupied trying to forget 9th edition. Yeah, it's an example. Messed up. Uh, I was still hung up. Cannot embark or vice a transport. Mm -hmm. Nope. It's very in the face. Henceforth, there's quite a few uh, vehicles disembark a fight. And I was like... Oh, that changed very... Yeah, so you could effectively disembark from a raider, shoot, fire and fade yourself back in... But unless, least... fire and fa unless fire and fade says you can't do that. Uh, it's a normal move. I have to level check if it specifically does that. But even the, the neck where they... Oh, that's a, uh, very dis very different. Got to upside down back in the boat. Because, yeah, one thing that is not... Which is in the open gets shot. <laughs> yeah, they do. Because, oh, man. The fact that Lilith survived on one wound after all that. And you know what um, other other thing would have changed that game a little bit? Is if I had remembered that Chank Shock was a strategy. Yeah, yeah, I kind of surprised you with that one. Yeah, because, oh, here, I get to roll 11 dice when I charge you for mortal wounds? Yeah, I'll do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a very handy, that a grenade strategy. Yeah, the fact that you actually use that against me, I went, Ah! Mortal Wounds, I don't like it. Everybody a lot more work. Yeah, but I mean, we still have a lot of this game to play, and a lot of this game to relearn, and I think by the time that we're at that point where we can comfortably say we've learned this game enough to give you a solid opinion on whether or not it's bad or not, it's going to be fixed by that point. I'm also excited to see the first Codex design, because um, rumor has it, data slates really aren't great. Uh, it's basically you're going to get more detachments, which is something I think I would enjoy Right now, for example, Fly Army, I feel like I'm forced Succubus to get the most benefit current detachment. I don't know if I would, so it's like trying to figure that out, but what other new detachment, mm -hmm. especially with new enhanced stratagems. So so I'm really excited to see what that means. Uh, the other thing, too, um, I tried doing the digital data slates on my tablet. Yeah, that's a bad idea. I am definitely... I don't... Oh, yeah, no. I already knew for a fact that from the, the little bit of Age of Sigmar that I did play using the cards... Having access to the quick reference of just, and what do you do again, is huge. Because if you have to sit there and continuously look for your um, stat line and everything else, that slows the game way down. But everyone already knows that. So here's your data card. Super easy, but meh. 
<laughs> it's it's all going to be moot at that point because you do what suits you best. Yeah, cards definitely. Hope you can get them. That's one thing I am concerned about. Yep, I know. While I'm doing other chores before I go to bed tonight, I very well may assemble that entire Leviathan box because I got nothing better to do. <laughs> In the meantime, hope you guys are enjoying your hobby projects. Share them with us on our, and we'll be back next week with uh, an action. Until then, my name's Eric. And quick correction for you though, Eric, mm-hmm. next weekend, um, I will actually not be back yet because I'm staying an extra night in Reno to make sure I drive safely back home right. after the event. I appreciate the response. See if Ray can make it back on, on for our show. If not recording the following week, but we'll see how it goes. Anyway, good luck next week. Have fun. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Be safe. I will try. I hope my models don't break. No. But yes, to finish out the outro, I am Robert. <laughs> and thanks for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast. <laughs>